This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, welcome to On the Bench. I am your host for today's episode, Brendan Sinone. I'm joined by Chris Nee. Hello, Christopher. Hey, Brendan. Oh, look at you being all nice because we have a special guest. That is FSU's <laughs> new director of athletics. Yeah, you know him before from uh, his previous title as a Seminole Booster CEO when he's been on the podcast previously. New title, new year, uh, but same old Michael Alfred. Michael, welcome to On the Bench. How's it going? Uh, appreciate it, guys. How are y'all doing? Happy New Year to you. I hope you had a great Christmas, good holiday season with family, and uh, ready to get the new year going. We did. Thank, Thank you. you. Happy, Sounds yeah, great. Happy New Year to you as well. So congratulations on the new on the new gig, the new job. Uh, how's it? Well, I'll let Chris take over. Yeah, he has a few questions to ask you first. Yeah, what have the something. first few days of uh, changing offices and changing chairs been like for you? How has it been different? You know, it's really exciting, Chris, uh, is getting back uh, to, to one, be in the chair, but the relationship you build with student athletes. And, uh, you know, I'm always going to be I'm on the phone constantly with donors uh, talking about the program, talking about our vision, uh, working, had our first head coaches meeting the, yesterday, yesterday. And that really went well, just kind of introducing myself, even though we know each other and, and been here a year and a half, but it is a different role. And it is letting them know my personality of being present and really just building relationships, going down the training room uh, just now, uh, talking to student athletes, checking in on them. Um, had a student athlete who had to have a surgery, uh, went by and saw them in the hospital, just checking, you know, just really those relationships is something that I'm really excited about to make sure they understand we support them coaching staff understands that we support them and trying to give them the resources to be successful. You spoke at your introductory press conference for being AD that you want to have a great presence with the student athlete. Can you just kind of shed some background, some ideas that you have with regards to doing that? Is that a matter of showing up to games or does it go well beyond just that? It it goes well beyond that. You know, and I got that philosophy and I talked to the head coaching staff about this is when I was a college athlete, I looked back and being a son of a college football coach. So being around this business pretty much my whole life, I look back and went, I never knew who my AD was when I was an athlete. Didn't know. And didn't think about it at the time. But looking back and having my daughters go through it and being college athletes, my wife asking her, it's it's just a presence that I want to have. Uh, I, I think it's important. They know my core values. So the only time they ever hear that there is an athletic director is when something's wrong. That, that's not what I want. I want to be able to praise them, um, have that relationship, uh, go see them in the weight room. If there's an injury, be able to reach out and, and check in on them and them know, already have that relationship with me when I do reach out. 
And I just feel that's important. And, and the way you go about it is just being authentic, Chris, is just being yourself, saying hello to them, ask them how their day's going when you see them. Um, make sure you introduce yourself and that will take me, but I, I will get to, I know them all by first name and, and it'll take me some time, uh, but get around and see them and be present at practice. I try to go to two minimum, two to three practices a day. Um, and I'm not saying I go and watch the entire practice, but I am going to go, uh, and, and see them and see what's going on and, and kind of evaluate the program, uh, during that time frame. So it's, it serves a bunch of different areas, but really it's just having an authentic relationship with them. You talked about having your first meeting with the coaches as AD. What's it like taking over a roster of coaches like FSU has at their disposal? Well, they're so, you know, we got the who's who of coaches here at FSU. And and it's really just coming in and seeing my management style of being present and, and seeing what do they need from us and how do we support them? Because that is our job, is to provide them the resources so they can be successful, to provide the student-athletes resources so they can be, have the great experience and the resources to perform in the classroom. And, and just saying what is, what is needed and uh, what can we do to help you achieve even greater heights than what you already have. You mentioned resources, Michael, and something that you did so well. And I imagine one of the reasons why you got this job is your work as the Seminole Booster CEO and, and fundraising. and. Uh, I guess how involved, I, let me ask it this way. What's the balancing act going to be in terms of still being involved with fundraising in this new capacity? And then obviously, like you said, being involved with the student athlete and coaches and the athletic director portion, I guess, how much fundraising will you be involved in doing now in, in your new role? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And I'm going to be very involved. Uh, mm-hmm. It's tough to put a percentage on it sure, um, right sure. now, because right now I need to establish my philosophy uh, my core values, my processes here at the department. And we're, we're doing that. So uh, I've, I've not been able in the first, what is the day, day three. Uh, <laughs> spoke to a few donors already on the phone um, and uh, talked to them about some projects. So I'm going to say it's it's 50-50 uh, at the end of the day uh, that I will continue to be out and, and fundraising. And really it's more than that, it's just sharing the vision and asking people to partner with us. And the other 50% uh, will be spending with the student athletes and the coaches to make sure they're getting what they need to be successful. Um, so it, at the end of the day, it's going from past experience uh, of, of being an athletic director previously, it's, it's going to be about 50-50 because I will be a forward-facing, uh, call it external uh, athletic director where I'm working on marketing and working on our social media and really putting those plans in place. During your introductory press conference, it's kind of related, Michael, uh, you talked about kind of finding the the new Seminole Booster CEO, that being a national search. Do you have any update on on where that is? I, I guess a rough timeline when when someone in mm-hmm. place there someone could be in place? Yeah, well, we didn't put a timeline on it. Um, when we we haven't gotten together yet, we're getting together this Friday for the very first time uh, mm-hmm. to talk about. We want to get through the holidays, and and I'm still going. I've had three meetings with booster staff today, um, so I'm still doing both roles, which isn't uncommon. You know, FSU is unique um, that you have two different uh, departments, really, uh, between athletics and the booster staff. But uh, even when we do hire a new CEO, the vision will stay the same. It, the alignment will be the same that it has been since my arrival a year and a half ago. 
of working and sharing the vision and getting out and speaking uh, the same language as we ask people to partner with us. All right. The question everyone wants to know, uh, shocking that I'm asking. Which is this, <laughs> there's probably, I guess there's probably a couple of questions, but uh, any update on the football facility? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It hadn't changed. Uh, Poplis is coming in next week. Um, I was on the phone with them last night to about 10 o'clock at home, uh, looking at some, some designs and, and really, I mean, and it is coming, it is far along. And I've, I've spoken that it is on a fast track, uh, has had some finance meetings on it yesterday. And, uh, and really we're, we're working with all the constituent groups that are going to have, um, a presence in that building and making sure that they're getting all the, that what they need when it comes to layout, once we know the layout, where are we running the power and all that. Um, so we can go to the construction documents and get it out to bid. But I can tell you, it is going very rapid uh, through this process because we want to get a shovel on the ground as fast as possible. Do you have hopes that that production, the football only facility and renovation of Doak, can coincide with one another in some form or fashion? Yeah, Chris, that's a great question. It's something we're looking at. Um, they are going to coincide. Some, they may open at different times, uh, maybe eight months off each other or a year off each other. Uh, but they are a hand-in-hand project as, as we kind of work through um, not only the funding, uh, but working, for our, working with our donor base on it as well. Um, you know, we've raised even in the, in the month of let's say November uh, in first December, we kind of cut it off because of the holidays, but we've raised 28 million for the stadium in pledges already. And people are really excited about what we're doing. Once we sit down and share the process and we're doing it, as, as I've told you all in a very systematic manner, um, when it's your turn, we're going to call you and say, come in and sit down with you face to face and walk you through um, how, how it affects you, what, how it could affect your fan experience moving forward and let you make an educated decision on what you want your fan experience to be. But the, so far, the people that we have spoken with and sat down with us are extremely excited about the direction that we're taking the stadium and the football league facility. What's the biggest hurdle in those projects? Is it constantly rising costs of the materials you have to use for such projects? Is it fundraising? In your job, in your role, what is it that keeps you up at night? basically uh, all of it as someone who just had to put a fence up uh the rising <laughs> rising cost of materials is uh not fun it, it is real and uh you know it's all timing chris and that's one reason that why we'll, we'll want to get the shovel in the ground uh quickly um kind of estimating what steel costs are going to be in the future and not to get in the weeds uh, but talking to experts uh, that really get out and forecast uh, what those costs are going to be. And I've actually not, not this project because we're not far enough down the line on this one yet. I've actually been at another institution where we delayed it six months because the experts were telling us, Hey, we delay it because it's going to save you about $2 million on this um, because the call we're forecasting costs are going to come down because of shipping. And, and you're like, what? Uh, but yeah, they, it actually saved us $2 million on it, and, but it didn't impact the student athlete experience. So we were able to do that. Um, so really, we're going to start working with them. And that, that's kind of the next phase that we get into with the architects is start laying out delivery schedules and how that's going to affect the bottom line. So I had a question that's kind of related to this, Michael, but pivoting into some NIL questions. And that's something else that 
uh, our, our listeners and message boarders talk about all the time. And obviously it's a, a strange new world with that. So I understand that everyone's still kind of learning and, and adjusting to it. But as it comes to you know, building within a football program or just athletic program in general, uh, prioritizing facilities and infrastructure obviously has been a, a priority for you guys. Does that change at all with NIL now being a, a different variable and, and being able to, you know, fans or boosters being able to funnel money different in different avenues to say the student athletes Does that change at all the way you guys look at infrastructure for, for the athletic program? It doesn't Brennan. And, and that's another good question. Um, you guys always ask the best questions. Thank you. Um, that that's, so far it has not impacted uh, any donations going to our organization uh, and fundraising efforts. People understand and we understand that that really it's a unique both. Um, and what's going on. And really it's two different buckets of money, let's call it between the marketing firms mm-hmm. and individual private philanthropy. So um, it, it hadn't changed. We're, we're still seeing that we're on pace to set, to break the record that we broke last year. Uh, right now at the pace that's forward, that people are really excited about supporting the project, supporting our annual fund. And they know that's direct uh, correlation to operational dollars that we're able to go and invest in the student athletes themselves. Um, some of the NIL things that um, deals that have gone on, you know, I can't really talk about them due to the right. Florida law, um, but uh, that has not impacted uh, what we're doing here as a booster organization or an athletic department. Oh, yeah, understood. I'm hop in real Focus. quick on NIL here. Mm-hmm. You're well versed in it, obviously, having chaired the committee that helped to figure some of this out on the intro of it all to NCAA football. One, does it need to have oversight? from somebody larger, the NCA or government, in your opinion, to state law wise, is that something you guys are aggressively asking them to change, pushing lawmakers to change? And just how much involvement do you have there? Because obviously it limits the school's ability to be involved in this process as compared to some of your peers. Yeah. And right now we'll take the statewide uh, question. Right now we're working with uh, people up a, down a few blocks away from here. Uh, about maybe changing changes in language that does put us um, um, with our peers uh, that w- that we can be involved. We have a great education, even though we can't be involved with the student athlete on advising them on certain ag- agreements. Um, what we have put in place is a great educational system where we're working with our student a- athletes as much as we can in educating them on the benefits and what they need to be looking out for. Uh, with their relationships with private entities. But um, as far as sitting in that room, we cannot do that. We're working up the hill to maybe change some of the language where we can be more, a little bit more present in that relationship. But I, but at the end of the day, I'm always going to stand off and uh, the relationships between the, call it the marketing firm and the student athlete. Uh, we're not going to get involved in the negotiation of that. Uh, we may be involved in the advising uh, because we do have experience within that realm uh, that maybe the student athlete doesn't have um, and maybe just assisting them on things they need to be looking out for through the process. Um, so that's where we are on, on that. Element. Did that I answer is- your, your question, Chris? Well, I just was wondering about oversight. Obviously, oh, kind of tough great, one. Great the question. playing field so uneven nationally. Yes. Oversight. You know, when we chaired the committee, we put in a lot of guardrails and uh, that was a lot of guardrails was our recommendation to the NCAA that provided some oversight or at least some transparency to, through the process. Uh, they chose not to do that. And um, 
And a lot of that experience comes from my time in the NFL, uh, that, that we had these guardrails uh, in place through the, the Players Association, uh, that at least we had an idea of the value of what uh, an agreement was uh, and had third-party administrators that, that do this as a profession, do this in the industry, be able to tell me what Brendan Sinone's worth if we were to go sponsor a, a bourbon company goes and sponsors brendan go on uh, that we can spell we, we would know what his value was uh through that marketing agreement so that was some of the recommendations to not get into the weeds um that that we had presented uh to the ncaa a while back and uh, so the, i i do believe i'm all for the nil um 100 uh in favor always have been uh, but I do think some guardrails need to be put up just, that, that would help advise the student athlete as well. These third party administrators can can measure their own worth and help the student athlete through the process. Kind of with, with sticking on that topic and last NIL question I had, Michael, I'm not even sure how much you can discuss. Again, this is so murky, uh, but I'll just ask a really generalized question. Uh, are you confident that in this whole brave new world of the NIL era that that FSU, was not the athletic department directly, but let's say as a football yeah. program entity, is it in a is it positioned to be competitive in in this NIL era with just so much money being thrown around? Uh, we had a great recruiting class. I know a lot of um, of our athletes have NIL deals because uh, they do self report mm -hmm. uh, through the process that they do, and so we get we get to look at. Um, some of them as they self-report them and it, it did not hurt our recruiting class. Um, I know a lot of student athletes, you see, I saw um, one student athlete was pushing gummy bears uh, <laughs> the other day and had a gummy bear and that's great. All for it. Uh, mm -hmm. I was like, I gotta go check out these gummy bears. They must be pretty good. I want to go buy some, um, but yes, they uh, all for them and it, it is not affected. Uh, our ability to go recruit and showcase what Florida State, the community of Tallahassee has to offer. Um, this campus is beautiful. The president has a great vision. We have a great vision in the athletic department. And that's that's the main question you get from the parents and the student athlete when they come. They look at the facilities. They want to look at their nutrition. Uh, they want to look at campus. Um, and we have a lot to showcase, and, and we've been successful doing Switching gears to a few football-related questions, I don't think you've were asked this during your press conference, and I, I probably should have asked it. I'm curious to get your thoughts on your philosophy on football scheduling moving forward, like how how you would like to go about it. You know, right now, there's a lot of FSU's on the docket for a lot of neutral site games. I guess how do you look at having games at Doak versus neutral site, and then additionally, like are, are you uh, a proponent of having like a big marquee game every single year out of conference? So I'm just curious to get your thoughts in, in general, Michael, yeah. on football uh, scheduling. Well, I'm always in favor of playing on campus. I'm mm -hmm. a traditionalist. And especially with the renovations that we're doing at Doak Campbell will allow the revenue streams to not have to go and, and play those games and be able to play an on-campus site because we owe that to our fan base. We owe that to our season ticket holders, as many games as we can get here in Tallahassee and our community uh, for the for the income that uh, a home game brings to Leon County and Tallahassee community, we got to be great stewards of that and understand that we need to do our part, be great partners with the city and schedule as many events as we can right here 
in Tallahassee. So that that that's my philosophy on that. We'll be looking in the future to do that as often as possible. Um, when it comes to who we play, um, there's a strategy behind it. You know, we the schedule set, I believe, till about 26. Uh, right now it's the first time we have an opening moving forward but you know we do have an sec opponent every year in florida mm-hmm. and uh that a lot of people and i kind of go back to when i handled scheduling or was involved in scheduling at usc we had that non-conference opponent notre dame every year that you had to factor in and plug in um, so when you, you already have a marquee non-conference opponent uh in florida that you play so we'll be looking to also play top tier teams uh, when they make sense and, and working with coach Norvell on a philosophy. I, he and I have had many discussions on it uh, to see what are we going to be doing moving forward. And a lot of it's timing uh, when you're available and, and weeks of schedule and who you're playing right before a big uh, game. And, and so there's a lot that goes into it. recruiting basis. Where are we wanting to recruit? Where do we want to grow our brand? Uh, is it on the West coast? Do we go play a West coast team out there in a home and home because we want to recruit that area, not only as an athletic department, but maybe as a university. So we also work with our partners on campus to go, where are hotbeds that we're recruiting students from? Where do we need, or in the future, where do you want to grow your student, grow and recruit students and work with them? Because we're going to be in, call it, we're going to go play a school out on the West Coast um, that we're going to spend a week uh, at the university making sure they understand where we're going to be. So they would be in those schools promoting Florida State for two weeks prior to that game to get the brand in that market as much as possible. So hmm. there is a relationship we will build with campus and become some strategy and marketing behind those decisions. It's interesting. It's an interesting perspective. Uh, so what, one other question I had related to to the football program, obviously there's two really big projects, you know, that, that you're currently working on uh, with with the uh Brandon, there's about six in my head. So I was going to say, we know that there is uh, Doak renovations, obviously, and then a football-only facility. I almost said indoor practice facility, and that's why I stuttered there and caught myself. You guys already have one, a very good one, and it's a full yep. 100 yards, which is pretty cool, too. Uh, uh, yeah, it's about, a, about 130, 100, about 130, 140 yards. And part of this renovation of the football facility, too, is going to be some updates to our indoor Okay, uh, as part of this uh, to really bring – it to even be more of a showcase than what it is that will match. Do you, do you have any other projects in mind that you think are you know, not quite as grand scheme as has renovations or, or you know, groundbreaking on a football only facility, even if it's something as small as like you know, extending support staff, anything that you and coach Norvell have talked about that you would like to kind of get done more in the interim rather than say a, a couple of years out. Yes. Uh, well, you know, we got uh, video boards and softball and soccer going in and swimming. Um, so we have, we, through donors, Chris Nee is a fan of that. We have, we have updated that fan and it's a fan experience item and it's a student athlete experience. And so that's something we're really thankful to our donors who have reached out. And I'm looking across the street every day out of this office. I see the baseball facility. Um, you, I've talked about it. Uh, we need to get more competitive in that facility to what our peers have. And, uh, that's something that I will soon be getting a little bit more involved in and taking a look at forecasting. And it's one of those things you can't just say, we're going to do that facility. I want to go look at it now. I got to be looking five years from now of what we're going to be able to address and doing a 10 year kind of a plan of what we're going to address when, and there's a lot of little things that, that don't get noticed. We're redoing the recruiting path for basketball. 
What's the path you take the recruits on? And how do we update that to get it more in line with our peers and up to date? And that's something. So there's a lot of things that we're doing like that. The new locker room project, um, the, the entrance tunnel to football we did. Um, looking at soccer to say, okay, we're putting a new video board in. How do I, we got such a great following there. How do I get chairback seating in that area? So there's just a lot of plans like that, that we're looking at and, and putting a game plan together about when do we address them financially and how do we go about it? So um, really excited about, uh, y'all need to walk facilities with me one day because my poor staff just gets an earful. Uh, as I walk around saying, we need to be doing this, we need to be doing that, and, and putting a plan together. So um, it's hard to say, but I'd love to take you on a tour and just walk you through everything I'm thinking one day. I will definitely take you up on that. I would love to do that with you. Do you jot stuff down constantly, like any thought or consideration you have? Do you write it down? Do you keep it in your head? I want to get in the weeds with you on your process. Is it one needs where you're writing stuff down that you're not going to tell anybody about for five, six years. Cause you're not ready to get to that point, but you know, it's something you want to eventually get to just kind of, uh, how do you go about that? Yeah. A little bit of both. Chris, uh, if I'm watching a game, I'm watching a game a little different. If I'm walking a facility, uh, I'm looking at things a little different. It's really establishing a culture and a standard um, of this department that, that I want to establish. Uh, we're not going to walk by a problem and not fix it. And it's what can we address? Uh, how soon can we address it? And there are some things that I want to do right now uh, that just need to be addressed and little things. But it's, it's just having pride in what we do. But more importantly, it's about providing that experience to our fans and student athletes. Um, I, baseball uh, this year, I'm really excited uh, with our new concession partner, Legends. You're going to see them doing some really neat things uh, out there. Um, at, at baseball games at Dick Hauser and softball as well. Some of the things that they're planning on doing there. I mean, I'm looking at adding uh, right now some luxury seating, premium seating at softball. Uh, that's not there previously. Some loge boxes and maybe some other things. So I have a study going on that because I think that not only does the program deserve it, but we have a fan base that really wants something along those lines at a softball game. And can we do that also at soccer? right across the street and add some things. So we're looking at how do we enhance the fan experience and how do we enhance the student athlete experience? And it's everything from making sure the trash is picked up, that we're power washing um, the concrete and making it first class to painting the walls of something, Chris, that you will never see. Uh, but in the internal side, what the student athletes see every day, it's updated and fresh. Anything else, Christopher? No, I don't think so. I was very happy to hear about the scoreboards. I was definitely going to ask you just to keep it consistent <laughs> for every podcast we've ever had with you, but I actually knew the answer. They're going in August. Is that the plan? Uh, for yeah, the softball August, and yes. August of 22, I'm told, uh, is when they're – I know they had a meeting on it the other day. Um, but, yes, right now we are we are scheduled uh, to be in, being installed in August of 22, I'm told. And so I'm really excited about that. And the, both those programs deserve it. You know, right. they're, they're nationally recognized, nationally acclaimed coaches. And um, we need to just be looking at the experience, as I've mentioned, that we provide our student athletes. Because being a, being a former student athlete and having my, my children go through it, I, my wife, I know the impact of that experience and how it shapes their philosophies, not only the time they're here, 
but for the rest of their lives. And that's something that we really need to pay attention to is that relationship with them and the experience they have here. Uh, We're putting in those right core values and having coaches of high character that really shape these students' lives when they go on and have successful careers that we we put them on the right path and set that philosophy in place. All right. Sounds know, good to me. I know you're a, a busy man. We'll let you get out of here. I'm going to go make a call to Buffalo Trace and let them know that my father <laughs> endorsed me to be a sponsor. Just let me, let me work on that NIL deal. Yeah. Uh, yes, please. Brown. Yeah. I, I, I'm up for grabs. I can tell you that I got, I got experience. I haven't negotiated all those deals for the Cowboys, the Witten, the Witten deals, the Romo starter deals and, and working through all those processes down to someone sponsoring a restaurant. Uh, the punter had a restaurant sponsorship. So um, I, I haven't negotiated or worked with the, not only the, the player's agents, but the, the corporate's partner on all those agreements. I, I have a little bit of experience. All right. Uh, awesome. I'll help you out when you need it. Yeah. Have your people call my people. We'll figure it out. <laughs> all right. We'll, all right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Michael. Enjoyed it. you guys are the best. Uh, I appreciate you. Happy New Year. And go Nose. Go Nose. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.